0: In this episode of the Smart City podcast, I interviewed founder and CEO of Retina Visions, Michael Sibulski. Michael is passionate about pushing boundaries when it comes to technology and focuses on implementing technology on a local scale. Michael and I discussed some of the things his company Retina Visions is working on, as well as how we can better integrate across the disciplines and change the way we think about risk. We also talk about Brisbane, as well as smart tech in rural areas, and the emerging and important topic of security as we all become data platforms. As always, I hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. It's the Smart City Podcast, whoa, with smart city experts, here we smart technology both big and small smart cities are making life better for all big data emerging trends self-driving cars and more the smart city podcast is what you're looking for good morning michael how are you today
1: good morning zoe thanks for having me i'm good
0: awesome yeah thanks so much for coming on to the smart city podcast let's um we'll just jump straight into it and yep. can you tell us a little bit about your background and what you're passionate about?
1: Yeah. So, um, I, I did a degree in civil engineering, uh, but I wouldn't necessarily call this my background because uh, it was something that I uh, worked in while I was studying. Um, but I was always interested in the idea of, you know, a futuristic technology-driven uh, world, which, which actually began from, you know, gaming and simulations in an ultimate alternate uh, platform. And then working with governments and getting more involved in transport gave me more ideas and created a different passion. So I guess looking at every single aspect of life as data and understanding the ability to extract this data can enable future planners to make better decisions based on evidence. So being in Brisbane, uh, we can also provide local and state governments with the opportunity to keep up with the latest technology and utilize what is emerging uh, in technology. So. I guess uh in a sense to answer the question uh, towards what I'm passionate about, it's really looking at what boundaries we can push um, in technology, but also looking at um, areas specifically to implement certain technologies. So rather than building technology that works on a universal sense, we look at individual cities or suburbs or streets even, and see what that area specifically requires to better the lives of people utilizing that area.
0: Yeah, awesome. Now, I really like that kind of a uh, tailored approach, not a universal one-size-fits-all approach to technology.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, cool. So tell us a little bit about what kind of sparked your interest in the smart city space.
1: Yep. So I guess with smart cities, um, it's such a big conversation at the moment and there's there's such a large number of definitions for smart cities and what they entail. So mm-hmm. you can ask 10 different people what a smart city is and you can get 10 different answers. Um, mm-hmm. Is a smart city when the seats that you're sitting on have USB chargers built into them? Or is it smart when the city is providing planners and modelers with live feeds of infrastructure conditions as well as foot and vehicle traffic, um, like real-time information automatically just through the city? I mean, there's so many different um, definitions of what a smart city can, can be. Mm-hmm. So what Retina Visions is doing is taking a step back and we try to answer how our cities function and what is needed the most on an individual basis, as I mentioned before, in the short and medium term. So this is done through 4D modeling and mapping the pulse of a city to digitize and extract real world data automatically in real time. Um, using this, we can then look at what's required in specific areas of the city and see what can be implemented uh, to create these smart cities.
0: Yeah, awesome. So can you tell us a bit about some of the technologies that you're looking at?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess the, the technology that uh, really interests me the most is um, what we're doing. Uh, our focus on AI and machine learning is extremely exciting. And it's, a, it's, a, it's talked about a lot around the world at the moment about how, how exciting it is, but how scary it can, can become. Um, but Mm -hmm. I really, I want to push the limits of it. And it's a very interesting topic, um, to not only follow around the world, but to also work, uh, with, work in. Um, but other, other things such as, um, the idea of GPS free navigation and the understanding behind how humans navigate compared to how a computer navigates or tells us to navigate. So what, um, how a human would think to get from one place to another rather, uh, compared to how a computer tells us to get from one place to another. Um, say a computer would tell you, you know, turn left in two and a half kilometers. But is that really how a human would tell another human? Um, I don't know. We, we, need to, we need to look at, um, I guess, the, the middle point and see what uh, humans want to be told on a navigational sense um, mm-hmm. to really know what's coming up. And um, it, it's getting better and I think it will definitely improve in years to come. Um, also, the use of uh, AR for uh, routing and navigational purposes. Um, but in terms of smart cities, uh, in a technology sense, I feel as though there's a lot of tech companies who keep pushing for the deployment of new infrastructure without a clear vision of the end goal. So people get easily excited by something that's new and looks great. But the issue is that you need to look past this at the long-term benefits and also look before this. So before this new and exciting technology is implemented, you need to understand whether it's being implemented in the correct place, because as I mentioned before, looking at things at an individual perspective rather than a universal perspective, some things could have a negative effect in, uh, some technology being implemented could have a negative effect on one city, but Mm -hmm. a positive effect on another city. So yeah, these things need to be looked at as well, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree. Let's talk about some of the projects and things you're working on right now.
1: Yep. So we're currently working with a few different organizations um, and companies using a wide range of the technology that we've developed and the projects are all for different reasons. So one project for instance is utilizing our cameras to identify vehicle movements around roadworks, looking mm-hmm. at how individuals react at different approach points towards a road roadwork site. So when they're changing lanes, when they're slowing down, um, just how they're reacting, um, and how they're reacting in relation to the type of sign that's set up and where it's set up compared to the road work. Mm-hmm. Um, another project is using a separate camera, camera of ours, uh, which is our asset slash assessment, um, of the network setup. So to identify physical assets on the road network while also providing a defect assessment of certain assets as well as the road surface. So this is using our technology um, to automatically uh, analyze the road work for a maintenance uh, perspective and inventory perspective as well, looking at really digitizing the the road network. Um, We're also providing insights and services um, internationally towards the research and understanding of Using computer vision for automatic road assessment and road asset data collection. Um, And there's a few things in the pipeline at the moment um, internally that unfortunately I can't really mention right now, but um, yeah, there's some exciting things happening.
0: Yeah, definitely. And so um, we spoke about following up maybe in a month or so. And so yeah, I'm really excited to do that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
0: that'd be great. So let's talk a little bit about Brisbane because I know that's where you're based. Um, Where do you think? Brisbane kind of ranks on the scale of smart city?
1: Um, In terms of a ranking, I couldn't really give you an honest answer on that because I mean the comparison and variation of, well, firstly definitions for smart cities just makes it too difficult, but Mm -hmm. I mean there's a lot of push for change and risk to be taken with technology at the moment. And I think that the people required for this to happen are in Brisbane. Um, It's just a matter of getting over a few hurdles. So we're in a position where the technology is available to start turning Brisbane into an incredibly innovative and smart city. It just requires some actions and movements to be made. So um, on a ranking sense, I couldn't really give you an answer, but I can, I can definitely see things happening in the future. I mean, the companies are there, the, you know, the, the brains are in Brisbane. Um, it's, it just requires some, you know, some push for this to happen and, um, yeah, it'll yeah. happen
0: yeah yeah cool so do you think brisbane's a good place to kind of pilot this smart technology
1: um yeah i mean i don't think it's it's a good idea to focus on individual areas for the implementer implementation of smart technology Mm -hmm. um i think if one city or area is focused on too strongly it can cause issues in an economic and livability sort of sense um, which will just cause larger gaps between cities and suburbs um And in saying this, uh, we need to start somewhere and it's probably a good, it's probably good to trial technology in both an area where we can get opinions from a larger audience with greater foot traffic, but also look at implementing technology into smaller, more rural areas to see, uh, where the technology can assist there. Mm -hmm. So rather than implementing something and seeing how it goes, we should really, um, as I've mentioned multiple times, look deeply into the city itself. Um, and see what it requires specifically and look to focus on enhancing that space for that city.
0: Yeah, no, I really like that point of view because I think, yeah, we can throw as much tech as we want at, you know, whatever city or whatever, but if we're not fundamentally um focusing our energy on the specific characteristics of that city, then, yep. you know, we'll get nowhere. I guess it's like, um, you know, just having a, a I don't know why my brain goes to like dating, but you want to really focus on what the other person is interested in, right? You're not just going to throw all your moves at them. um, Cause that's work. You want to get to know them first, um, kind of see, Oh yeah, that makes them tick and that one doesn't or whatever. And what's going to really work. So then, you know, we can hang out some more or whatever.
1: Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. That's
0: right. So thinking of cities as, as kind of, yeah, that human, um, aspect of that because you know humans live- all have,
1: yeah they all have individual characteristics so yeah. you need to give them the technology that suits ne- them not that suits the city next door
0: yeah definitely now you talked a little bit about rural areas um so is that a real passion of yours are you interested in kind of developing or not even developing but providing that technology to rural areas where they really need it
1: yeah, absolutely. I think I think I mean they, I mean there is um a lot of work um I think in getting uh rural areas involved in a lot of these projects. Um but I think I I think that they should be looked after just as much as uh, major cities because you know as as I said if a lot of money and technology is put into enhancing uh a major city the gap between that major city and the rural areas will just increase at a rapid rate mm. um, and if if the same technology uh, or si- or similar technology and money is put into the rural areas, then they can be developed just as much as major cities um, so yeah i'm definitely passionate about about um, working to improve their areas as well
0: yeah, cool, yeah, because it's definitely a passion of mine. Um, I mean that's why I I live out in the sticks. It's not really too (laughs) far. But because I think that yeah, whatever like we can focus on Brisbane and even even Brisbane, um, compared to Sydney, you know, a lot of money is spent in Sydney and a lot of people, you know, they want to go to Sydney because it's Sydney. So I think Brisbane even kind of fits into that character not rural, obviously, but Mm -hmm. kind of fits into that category of no no, Brisbane's a cool place to be as well. But I think that in that rural sense because I think the more, like, we move into the smart city space, the more people won't be just living in those cities Um, and we want to make the rural areas attractive. One, the people that want to live there want to live there for a reason, right? So we don't want to just urbanise a rural area and think, oh, yeah, well, look what we've, you know, now we're attracting people there. That's not the purpose. But kind of going, okay, well, what does this small town or, or community or whatever, what do they want? What do they need? What are their, you know, what are their bugbears and what are their pain points? Because that's what we can really kind of focus on. And then exactly, can, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, people, we have really, really smart people out in the rural areas, like, mm. you know, but they might not get the same opportunity to come and work in, you know, the tech space or whatever, whereas I don't, I, I see that, like, why that doesn't have to be the case anymore. Um, you know, you can have someone, you know working for your company in Roma you might you know just go and visit them once a month or something but they can do some really really amazing work for you um you know and and focus on that kind of not even farming or whatever but that kind of agricultural aspect or whatever they want because you can work from anywhere um you know on any project and I think that's really where that smart city but again you need the connectivity right to be able yeah. to yeah. So yeah, no, I I totally agree on that point, and I think um, it's one of the reasons why I've really kind of dug in my heels to stay in Toowoomba because yep. I was like, no, no, I don't have to be in Brisbane to be, you know,
1: involved in all of this.
0: Yeah, yeah, yep.
1: definitely.
0: And like I've had a lot of people tell me that I. That, that's wrong. You know, no, no, you have to come to Brisbane or even Brisbane, like, oh, what a, you know, moving out of Queensland, even like, and I'm like, no, no, it's going to happen. And I just have to, well, not wait, but I have to make it happen, right? You, yeah. You can't just sit back and let it happen to you because you've really got to take control.
1: Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah.
0: Cool. Um, so let's talk a little bit about. I know you've been working uh, a little bit across, you know, from academia to industry to government. Let's little, let's talk about the integration across those different disciplines and governments. How do you think that we can better improve that kind of conversation, that cross-disciplinary conversation?
1: Yep. Um, open standards and data sharing, I mm-hmm. think, is a good way to start um, integrating the disciplines. So... You know, instead of individual areas spending large amounts of funding on acquiring and preparing data, we need to enable the access to data that is ready for use now um, and set up, um, you know, technology for the future to maintain and the, the collection and monitoring and provision of this data to a wide range of disciplines. Um, You know, this way we can achieve better returns for investments and lower the risks for innovative projects because... I know risks are a big factor in why things aren't happening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just, if, if if we can, you know, reduce where that boundary is um, that we want to push against, then, yeah, providing open standards and sharing data between disciplines is a good way to start.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think sometimes that risk factor is a very traditional old school way of thinking about risk because, you know, sometimes this really high risk Unless it's, you know, lots and lots of dollars or, you know, people's lives at risk. Yeah. Environment. Yeah. We can work around that, right? You know, even if that project fails, it's not a failure necessarily. It's about learning from that. Um, and then moving forward. Whereas I don't know you, I don't know what your experience is, but my experience that government has very low risk tolerance. So high aversion to any type of risk but I think some of those could even be with better communication and open data. Yeah. Um, we could totally eliminate, if not eliminate, completely reduce that risk. And I yep. think, um, yeah, I, I don't know what your experience is in that.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how, how, um, much I can talk about that, but I guess there are, there are risks. Um, I mean there's risks in every, every new piece of technology. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just, it just requires the right people to say, okay, there's risks involved, but the weight of those risks compared to potentially finding something that could provide, um, benefits for five, 10, 15 plus years to come, Mm -hmm. um, the concern, um, of implementing something new and that you're the one that can take the blame of that, Mm -hmm. I just, I just I'm not a I'm not a big fan of that thinking um yep. you know I, I like the idea of trying something new and seeing if it happens and if it doesn't then it didn't didn't work and we'll try something else but yeah
0: yeah no I agree and I think yeah you said that very diplomatically and I think that um we also have to appreciate where everyone's um point of view is coming from as well like in mindset is coming from so I think that communication factor no matter what you know, if you disagree with somebody, or or that kind of thing, you know, if you're coming at it from because you know we all wear different hats. So I think once we take off those hats and come at from a human perspective, I think that really really helps as well.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. Cool. Well, let's talk about Brisbane again. And um, you you mentioned that Brisbane's got a lot of brain, and a lot of um, you know, things happening. So do you think that we can become or Brisbane can become leaders in this space?
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no reason that Brisbane can't become a leader in smart cities, uh, smart city technology. Um, I think it, beca- it can become one of many leaders, not necessarily the sole leader. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of producing smart city technology, I think there are strong uh, startup initiatives being conducted in Brisbane uh, at the moment, which allows emerging innovators and companies to explore new technology and ideas. Um, in a sense of whether Brisbane can become leaders in smart city technology being implemented into the city itself, well, I mean, that's up to the people who make those decisions on a higher level and also the approach towards the implementation of this technology. So, yeah, I mean, sure, what, what, why, there's no reason for us to not become um, one of the leaders in smart city technology. It's just, um, as I said, pushing the boundaries and seeing where we can get to.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about emerging trends. Yep. So, people are talking about a lot of stuff. What I want to talk to you about is what people, what you think people aren't talking about at the moment. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. So, I guess um, apps and connectivity are the technology of today. So, 10 years ago, there were no apps. And 10 years from today, the smartphone will feel like a clunky flip phone. Yep. So, um, you know, infrastructure becomes a platform, um, vehicles and buildings become platforms, and so will you and I. We will become data platforms that integrate with the environment. So, while this provides many opportunities, governance and security will become the hot topic. And you can already see this emerging now. Um, technology always starts by assuming that all, all of the users have good intentions in how it's used. This has and will continue to fail. And there needs to be controls in place to handle this, um, in a security sense. So I think the emerging trends in terms of, uh, technology is the security of the technology to come. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's going to be, um, there's going to be a lot of people who have good intentions. Um, hopefully the majority, but of course, um, there's going to be bad intentions and handling those bad intentions is, is, I think going to be the biggest, uh, thing to emerge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I think, um, it's a bit of a scary thing to think about, I guess, as well, but we do definitely- yeah.
1: yeah. As I said, it's, I mean, uh, with, you know, machine learning and, um, AI, it's, it's scary, but also very exciting to follow and work with. Um, mm. there's that sort of scare excitement factor, mm. um, which is which is why I love being involved in this space, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah I'm glad you said that because that's what I was gonna say, um that no matter if we're involved or not, this stuff is coming, so we're better off getting in there and being involved so we can shape it um so yeah. we don't have these kind of well hopefully we we don't uh accidentally create this dystopian <laughs> kind of yeah um, world for ourselves, yeah. Awesome. Well, it's been so great to talk to you um, and I've, I've learned a lot and I'm excited about the next conversation that we have because it sounds like Retina Visions has got some really cool stuff going on. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Well, I only have one last question, which is how can people connect with you?
1: Yeah. So, um, I mean, you can go to our website at mm-hmm. www.retinavisions.com and through that you can just access, you know, our phone number, email, and you can subscribe. We have a monthly newsletter just telling all of our subscribers um, on the updates that we've made over the past month, um, what work we've been um, getting up to, and uh, what enhancements we've been making to our technology. So, yeah, just um, have a look at the website and get in touch there.
0: Awesome. Yeah, well, I'll put uh, all your links in the show notes so people can get in touch. But, great. yeah, it's been so great talking to you this morning, Michael. And, yeah, I look forward to talking to you again soon.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much, Zoe. Thanks for having me.
0: No worries, see you later. Bye. It's the Smart City Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Smart City Podcast. Show notes for this episode and all other episodes can be found at thesmartcitypodcast.com. If you have any questions or comments for me or any of my guests, connect with me via email, zoe at thesmartcitypodcast.com, or via the socials. I'm on Twitter and Facebook at smartcitypod. As always, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. Podcast is what you're looking for.